Can we ever, can we ever make reconciliation a reality? Well, Canada's relationship with its indigenous people can be, of course, strained at the best of times, but our next guest says that things are and can change. Bob Joseph is the author of the best-selling 21 Things You May Not Know About the Indian Act, and he has just been the sequel to that. It's entitled Indigenous Relations, A Traveler's Guide for the Long Road to Reconciliation. And Bob Joseph joins us here now on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Bob, good afternoon, and thanks for joining us here in studio. Thank you. Thank you. All right. First off, uh, since 1994, your business has been improving Indigenous relations. Uh, Can you just kind of capsulize for us uh, what you've seen, uh, what sort of changes, what sort of progress we've made? Oh, I think we've made uh, an amazing amount of progress. A lot of our work is with governments and businesses and, um, you know, just the... um, if I, if I could talk like a shameless mercenary business marketing guy, it's just been okay. a crazy business. It's grown really uh, quite exponentially. But, I, you know, I think some of the visible signs, uh, lots of uh, governments and, and certainly the big industrial developers have made commitments to indigenous relations and have uh, specialists doing a whole variety of roles in those uh, organizations. Um, but... It's not just them either. I mean, we've done work here in Ontario with the Ontario SPCA. So non, everybody, everybody from uh, nonprofits to the Fortune 100s, all levels of government, those are the kinds of uh, clients that we have to come in to take our training. So the interest has just continued to grow steadily over time. Yeah, I mean, like anything, it ebbs and flows. And I think there's been positives and there's been uh, setbacks. But uh, since you've really become intimately involved since, you know, it's 25 years, 1994, uh, would you say overall has it been a positive that uh, we're, we're moving forward with this? Oh, absolutely. You know, and I think, um, you know, some of the really big things that have helped are the uh, Truth and Reconciliation Commission, uh, former Prime Minister uh, Stephen Harper uh, issues a, an apology in the House of Commons for residential schools. I think those are uh, major milestones in the development of Canada. And as we you know, go forward into a different future where um, we're going to break away from the Indian Act and you know try to really uh, change that historic relationship that we've had with uh, communities. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you? You mentioned former Prime Minister Trudeau. Our current Prime or former Prime Minister Harper. Our current Prime Minister uh, Trudeau certainly has made Indigenous rights and relations uh, when he came to office in 2015. Certainly made that a big part of his a mandate and a priority. But uh, you know, obviously that's uh, hit some uh, choppy or rocky uh, waters uh, recently. Has Justin Trudeau and his uh, government have been a positive force? Do you think uh, overall, or or is the jury still out? I think uh, well, you know, the, the jury will still be out a little bit. But when I look at um, you know clean drinking water and some of those very basic problems that have been plaguing communities, I think there has been progress made. Certainly in that uh, almost four years now that we're really we're really looking at. And I think those are uh, very helpful things. We've seen increases in uh, programs, and, and certainly the uh, Minister of Indigenous Affairs has been traveling around the country to, uh, to uh, you know, sort of engage with chiefs on how to dismantle the Indian Act. And, you know, even in, in uh, you know, big infrastructure conversations she's come out and said you know that that's a problem that exists because of the indian act and so you know i think there is some uh, legislative agenda stuff that we've been able to move on and there'll always be people who will be unhappy with the pace of change and certainly rough waters but 
you know, if we were if we were to look at uh, where things were before that, uh, I think there's been some pretty good change. All right. In your book, Indigenous Relations, uh, you offer some solutions to try to make reconciliation a, a reality. Uh, what, what is the number one thing you think we need to do to, to bring us together? I think, um, you know, a lot of it for me boils down to communication. So we have a, a website, we have uh, over 100,000 people a month, and these are largely Canadians who are wanting to learn about um, how to do this piece of work. And we have uh, free ebooks that people can go and download. And the first ebook I published, um, I thought, this is what they want. I'm going to give them my best stuff, you know, like just absolutely free. Go download an ebook. 27 things to say and do. This is what they want. If they get this, they'll go do great things. And I have seen people through our training go do great things. And so I published that. And within the first six weeks, we had, you know, sort of 1,500 downloads. And I was like, wow, that, that's pretty cool. 1,500 people really interested in learning what to say and do. But I thought as an afterthought, I'll publish the what not to say and do. Okay. And so I, I published the next book, which was 23 things to not say and do. And that's the one that surprised me and actually gave me some really good insights. What I found was... Like, how so? Uh, over 10,000 people downloaded it within the first six weeks. It just blew me away. It was 10 to 1. You know, what to say and do, I thought that was going to be the winner. But it turns out what people are concerned about is not offending, not saying the wrong thing. How do we get into this reconciliation piece where we're when we're absolutely scared and don't know what terminology to call people and, you know, that kind of stuff. So yeah, how can so, we have an honest and open dialogue when we're the, that concerned about uh, hurting each other or stepping on feet yeah, and such? Yeah, yeah. So I thought, you know, so for me, that's a big communication piece, and you'll definitely get a lot of that in the book, you know, just in terms of... Uh, what to say and not say. and Yeah, uh, along those lines, do you think that there's a lot of misunderstanding when we talk about uh, reconciliation and just uh, what, what each side is feeling and, and what they've gone through that we just really need to try to come together and understand uh, each other? Yeah, yeah. And, I, you know, I think give it, give it 15 years. You know, right now, uh, reconciliation curriculum in most of the country is... You know, it's being pushed into K through 12 and colleges and universities are certainly going through a, an indigenization and decolonization process. And I think you give the country about 15 years to uh, work on this reconciliatory piece and it'll be a hugely different country in 15 years. What I what I get the sense right now is that uh, maybe there's some people frustrated that it why hasn't it happened yet? It's taken too long and there's no action. And sure. and other people are thinking it's over, right? Like we, we did that. It, it happened back then. But I think it's going to be an ongoing conversation where we just really try to get to understand and know each other. And Well, you, you mentioned frustration. And I wanted to ask you about that because, uh, you know, awareness and uh, improving relations really runs in your family. For those that don't know your father, Chief Dr. Robert Joseph Sr., uh, runs a charity, Reconciliation Canada. And I'm just wondering, um, do you yourself get frustrated? I mean, if you've uh, been at this uh, for, for so long, and uh, does it kind of wear, I guess? No, no, not at all. I'm excited. I'm excited yeah. really about the uh, the future. And, I, you know, I've had many great conversations, and I continue to learn from him. And, and um, you know, we're always sort of uh, working on reconciliation together. He, he's done some peace mission work. He's gone off with, uh, you know, faith institutions around the globe. And one of the trips they made was to the Middle East. And he said, you know, when we, when we think about, you know, um, Palestinians and Israelis, you know, they went into that with a sort of a peace mission purpose. And 
he said it was a really uh, sobering experience because if you weren't really known there, nobody trusted you, not one side and not the other side. And and he said he had some experiences that were they were just they they just sort of woke him up. He said you know that people would look at him and would just yell at him and freak out. And I, I think he even you know mentioned I don't know if he'd want me to tell the story or not, but people would spit on him and and. Uh, so when he came back from that, I said, well, how was it? What was it like? And he said, oh, that God, you know, it's just those people are just so divided and it's just been going on for so long that we can't let that happen in Canada. I was going to say there's some real lessons to be learned for yeah, Canada. Yeah, totally. Yeah, we cannot let that sort of vitriolic, uh, you know, misunderstanding sort of thing continue to fester because it only gets worse and it gets Mm -hmm. harder to untangle as time marches on. You know, we're really talking about millennia in in other parts of the world. So we have a really great chance right now to, you know, get some understanding and people working together. And Mm -hmm. there's lots of great people in Canadians. So I think really want to do that. Just finally, you mentioned to give it 15 more years and let's see Mm -hmm. where we are. Uh, Where do you hope we are in 15 years? What is uh, reconciliation? What does it look like? What does Canada look like uh, for you uh, a decade and a half from now? Well, I think... um, you know, in 15 years, that'll be a whole generation of kids through the uh, educational system, and they'll have a whole different understanding. I think the, uh, you know, the myths and misconceptions should be addressed. We won't have any of those. We'll be thinking more positively about how we live and work together. For me, it's like, um, you know, that all goes back to the Royal Proclamation, the, the you know, the uh, the prime directive from King George III was not to... Uh, he actually uses the words molest or disturb them in the possession of such parts of our dominions and territories. And that we're really to try to live in, in coexistence, you know, as military and economic allies. And I think that is an exciting future to to uh, be in that place where we can recognize that, you know, this is a group of people that unlike the rest of uh, immigrant society hasn't come here from anywhere. We think about that, that Italian person coming from Italy. They knew that when they got here, they would have to sign the Canadian contract, become Canadian citizens. Didn't have to worry, though, about the Italian culture and land base and religion. And, you know, that still is out there somewhere else in the world. And I Mm -hmm. think that's the kind of Canada I would like to see is just one that acknowledges that the the Niska or the Haudenosaunee, they didn't come here from anywhere. There is no other place in the world where where we'll find those people. And so we're a country that's committed uh, constitutionally and legislatively and morally, I think, to um, just finding a way to make all of that work. Well, some fascinating discussion. The book is entitled Indigenous Relations, Insights, Tips, and Suggestions to Make Reconciliation a Reality. It's co-author Bob Joseph. Bob, really appreciate the time. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you.